If I may then <coughs> deal briefly with our submission that the settlement agreement was unlawful and unconstitutional. And we submit that that was so on two grounds. Firstly, because Mr. Nkasana never requested to go. And secondly, because the compensation offered to him to go uh, was impermissible under the Section 12 of the NPA Act. In this case, there may have been debates about other forms of termination, but the President himself has made it clear that he acted under Section 12. He did not at any time advance any other justification for the termination of Mr. Nkrasana's appointment. You will see when you read these passages that the President essentially said that Mr. Nkrasana asked him, requested his permission for Mr. Nkrasana to resign, that this happened in a one-to-one exchange between the two of them, and the most accurate dating, he doesn't say when or where that conversation took place, the most accurate uh, time period that he puts on it, where he says that it occurred, and I quote, during the end of 2014 and the beginning of 2015. That is as, as accurate as it gets. The President's explanation that Mr. Nkasana requested his permission to go during that period from the end of uh, 2004 to the beginning of 2005 is simply incompatible and irreconcilable with the documentary evidence before the court uh, of the exchanges between the parties. If you have a look at subsection 5, then it says, shall not be suspended or removed from office except in accordance with 6, 7, and 8. And 8 is the termination on request. So, I, so I, must we read the removal to include self-removal? Indeed, indeed. Because it, it would otherwise not make sense for 12.5 to refer to 8 as well. If, if I may interject. Section 12.8 allows the president to permit the NTPP to resign, but at his request. And he must furnish sufficient reasons for his resignation. There is a letter that was written by Mr. Mabunda on the 10th of December 2014 that Mr. Nasana had never requested the president to vacate his office as would be required by Section 12.8, Subsection 8, Roman Figure 2. Rather, the president appears to have asked Mr. Nasana to vacate his office to which request Mr. Nasana had indicated that he would consider only if he was paid out the full remaining term of his contract. Indeed, Milady, that is absolutely so. And that is, uh, there are six documents which we would say refute the President's contention that there was a request. But the most important of them is, is the letter that you identify. And I will refer to all six of those documents, but let me just say this of all of them. Firstly, they were documents that the President unlawfully concealed until he was compelled to disclose them. He was obliged in these proceedings by Rule 53 to disclose the record of the uh, administrative action, the decision to, to allow Mr. Nkasana to resign. He did not disclose any of this correspondence. It was only when the applicants learned that this correspondence existed and hadn't been disclosed, learned from Mr. Nkasana, that they brought an application to compel the president to disclose it, which he then did. So we submit with respect that there cannot be any other outcome than that Mr. Abrams must go 
because any other, no other outcome would address the wrong committed by the president. And that there is advocate Vim Trengrove of Freedom Under Law. Meanwhile, Corruption Watch's Matthew Chaskelson reiterated himself also that Nwasani's move as the National Director of Public Prosecutions was a constructive removal and not voluntary. Now, we're on the line to constitutional law expert Pepe Lapi Dube of the Center for Constitutional Rights. A very good uh, afternoon to you, and thank you so much for speaking to us, Ms. Dube. What are your impressions about this court case and what it's uh, intending to achieve? Well, good afternoon, and thank you for having me. Well, I think the important thing, and and that's really the bottom line of the matter before the court, is that it's just really important for the person who sits at the helm of the National Prosecuting Authority to be independent, not just as a matter of fact, but also as a matter of perception. So it's just important to establish that the head of the National Prosecuting Authority acts independently and is somebody who acts without fear or favor in if the individuals concerned occupy the highest office of the land. So at the end of the day, it's really about that very important principle which under which governs the National Prosecuting Authority. Mm. And what would be the characteristics of an NDPP who is independent? Well, the National Prosecuting Authority Act um, only talks about having an individual who's qualified and, well, obviously qualified in terms of having a legal background and somebody with a certain measure of experience, but it talks about somebody who is fit and proper. But then in mentioning the word fit and proper, it doesn't then define what exactly constitutes fit and proper, but we can of course look to various court decisions, you know, including decisions where Nomkrebo Chiba and Lawrence Khwezi were involved, where the courts have said that if you lie to a court and you're found to have deliberately misled a court, then obviously you're not a fit and proper individual and you can't head at the National Prosecuting Authority. So that in a nutshell is what the National Prosecuting um, Authority envisages for mm. a person who is sitting at the helm of the National Prosecuting Authority but arguably that's probably not enough, which is why we're finding ourselves in this particular situation because obviously um, Sean Abrams has not as yet been found um, not to be considered improper by a particular court. But of course we can look to his particular conduct and ask ourselves if he's worthy of that office. And I think um, various decisions, for example, his charging of um, the then finance minister, Pravin Gordon, only to then recant that decision within a week. And also the fact that the Pretoria Court had found that both Nomtrevochili and Lawrence Khwezi were not fit to hold their offices. And yet um, Sean Abrams failed to act against both of them. And also the fact that he basically took his time in terms of arriving at a decision as to whether or not the charges against former President Jacob Zuma should be reinstated. So I think it's his general conduct which is really on trial today. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Uh, Papela Pete Dube is a constitutional law expert at the Centre for Constitutional Rights.